Moses reared up the tabernacle and fastened his sockets and set up the boards thereof and put in the bars thereof and reared up his pillars and spread abroad the tent over the tabernacle. He's got the frame up now. He starts putting the, the covering over the tabernacle. He put the covering of the tent above it as the Lord commanded Moses. Very important words. As the Lord commanded Moses. He did it exactly as God had told him to do. I wonder how different our lives would be if we patterned our lives like that, that we did everything just like God tells us to do, that we carry it out the way He wants it done. He took and put the testimony into the ark, in other words, the Ten Commandments, set the staves on the ark, the things they carried it with, and put the mercy seat above upon the ark. The Ark of the Covenant has now been assembled. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the covering and covered the ark of the testimony. How? As the Lord commanded Moses. There's that phrase again. He did it exactly like God said to do it. He put the table in the tent of the congregation upon the side of the tabernacle northward without the veil. What is it the table reminds us of? about Jesus. What was on that table? The showbread. Jesus said he is the bread of life. So it reminds us about Jesus. He set the bread in order upon it before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the candlestick in the tent of the congregation over against the table on the side of the tabernacle southward. He light, lighted the lamps before the Lord as the Lord commanded Moses. Hadn't been in the light in there until he got back to the candlesticks and he lights them and it begins to illuminate the inside of the tabernacle. He put the golden altar in the tent of the congregation before the veil and he burnt sweet incense thereon as the Lord commanded Moses. There was that incense that was being burned. He set up the hanging at the door of the tabernacle. He's back at the entrance to the tabernacle now. And he put the altar of burnt offering by the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation and offered upon it the burnt offering and the meat offering as the Lord commanded Moses. He's doing a lot of work here. He sets that altar up there and he makes that burnt sacrifice as the Lord had commanded him. He sets the laver, that wash basin, between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash with all. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. When they went into the tent of the congregation, and when they came near unto the altar, they washed. How? As the Lord commanded Moses. So he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar, and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished 
the work. We're going to stop there tonight. We're not, I'm not finished speaking about it, but that's, where, that's our point of stopping right there tonight. It's where we're going to pick up next week, in other words. But let's, let's talk about Moses' obedience. He did everything that God commanded him to do. I can't honestly say that I have done everything that God has wanted me to do. I don't know if you have or not. That's your business and God's. But I got to thinking about this. That guy by the name of Bezaliel, he had made the Ark of the Covenant. He, he hammered out all the gold and all that kind of stuff and made that. He had been honored by God to be chosen to do that. But once it was put inside the tabernacle, Bezalel's eyes would never see it again. Only one person could enter that place. That was the high priest. And only one time a year would he enter there. So Bezaliel, even though he'd made all of that, there was a part of it that he'd never see again. Once Moses put it in there, Moses never saw it again. You ever thought about that? Aaron, the high priest, could go in once a year. And whoever assumed the high priest's job after him it was that holy that only the high priest could go in. We talked about the, the lights, the candlesticks. Jesus is the light of the world. We, we could find Jesus in every part of this tabernacle. There's a passage of scripture that I want you to pay attention to in John chapter 1 and verse 14. You probably know it by heart. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That word dwelt in King James, it means to tabernacle, to encamp. Now let me read it that way. The Word was made flesh. This is talking about Jesus. He's the Word. He became flesh. He was born as a little baby. The Word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. Isn't that wonderful? God dwelt with His people here. But Jesus came to live in here in my heart and in your heart. And when we trust Him as our Lord and our Savior, He comes and takes up residence in our life. And we can say, the Word was made flesh. And He come to dwell in me. And it says, and we beheld His glory. Now, next week we'll, we'll finish this up by talking about the glory of God.
God shows up in that place. He comes and makes His presence known. He had promised that He would go with them. And this is how He's going to go with them. He came in that cloud that came and guided them, shaded them by day, gave them light by night. He was there. You have any questions or comments that you'd like to make? I, uh, there's a whole lot more that I could read to you tonight, but it, I don't want it to get cumbersome. But, uh, Bob? Only by God. He wasn't ordained by man. But God called him and sent him. It's a good good point, Bob. Anyone else? I hope that you have gained some things concerning the the tabernacle and God's presence, how he traveled with his people in, in the old days and how he's come to live in our hearts today. The Old Testament reveals Christ to us. If we'll look, he's found there in the pages of the Old Testament. We're told to search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, is what Jesus said. Anywhere you search in the scriptures, you can find Jesus portrayed in some way or other. What you may be needing one day may be something that God will give you that will help you for the rest of your life. I remember several years ago, I had been studying on the little phrase about the glory of God. And the word glory is a hard word to define. It talks about an outshining and all those kind of things. But the part I was really studying about is over in Romans, where it says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I kept pondering that in my heart, wondering what is the glory of God? And I just opened my Bible up one day and wasn't really looking for anything. But I began to read in John chapter 1. And it says, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And God enlightened me. It's pretty simple, really. We've all sinned and come short of what Jesus is. He is the glory of God. We all fail to measure up 
to who Jesus is. He's the only perfect one that's ever been here. And he's the only one that can be our Lord and our Savior. Anyone else? We're going to close this portion tonight and uh, hopefully next week we'll cover about four or five verses there because there's a lot to be covered in in those verses. But uh, study them and and, uh, come prepared to to share with us uh, whatever God's saying to you out of His Word. We want to uh, get in our prayer groups now and spend some time in prayer before we dismiss tonight. Well, we're going to go ahead and have the benediction and then we'll get in our prayer groups and when you get finished then you can just uh, slip out and go your own way. Anyone with a word before we close? Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. I remember leading man to the Lord in Battle Creek, Michigan. I won't tell you his name, but he told me that he had been Jimmy Hoffa's chauffeur. He hauled Jimmy Hoffa around all over the United States. Of course, you know, Jimmy Hoffa was killed and they've never found his body. But I was driving by his house one day in Battle Creek, Michigan. Had no idea who he was. He was just standing out in the yard and I waved at him as I went by and he waved back. And the Lord just said, stop and talk to him. So I just turned around, went back and pulled up in his driveway got out of my car and went under the tree with him and introduced myself. And he said, I've been wanting to talk to somebody. And he began sharing with me. He said, uh, the name that I'm going by, I said, that's not my real name. He says, I'm, I'm living here. And if somebody knew where I was at, I'd be killed before the day's over. He said, I know too much. But he said, I, I've got cancer. And he said, I, I want to be right with God. Can you tell me how I can be right with God? And I said, yes, sir, I sure can. And I just got my Bible and we sat down under that tree and I took him through the plan of salvation. And he was, he was saved there under that tree. He came to church the next Sunday and made a public profession of faith. And the next Sunday, I got a call that he was in the hospital asking me to come. And I went and walked in his room and it was late in the day when they called. I, I had just barely enough time to get there and visit him a few minutes and then get back in time for the church service. But I, I had prayer with him, read some scripture with him. And I said, now I'll be back after church tonight. And I left and went 
conducted the service and went back to the hospital after the service that night. And I walked in the room. And his son looked up at me and he said, well, said, Dad left us a few minutes ago. He says, I want to tell you about it. I said, okay. He said, Dad was kind of struggling to breathe. And he asked me if I'd sit him up on the side of the bed. And he said, I got him up on the side of the bed. And he said there was just like a glow came across his face. And said he just started looking straight up. And said he's just looking up and he raised both hands and said he just fell back on the bed. He's gone. I've thought about that. Had he chosen to go the other way, it would have been bad. But he'd trusted Jesus. I had his funeral a couple of days later. I don't know if it ever became known who he really was or not. But God knew him. He knew the Lord. And I expect to meet him in heaven one day. And maybe we'll sit down and talk about it. And he might tell me all that he knowed. But it's none of my business anyway. Thank you for coming tonight.